So they say, life is a journey full of ups and downs. I feel like this quote or phrase is the literal definition of Miriam's story in a nutshell. As I listened to her tell her story, I felt like every time there was an up moment for her to celebrate. I was like, what? Personally, I saw the hand of God working in quotes. I just prayed to God to say you're faithful. Before she could fully celebrate, there was a down moment waiting for her around the corner in form of a whole nother challenge for her to overcome. I actually called Madame Jira to say, okay, you know what? I have failed with this magical thing. If there's someone who's ready, just put them there. I was completely shattered. I was like, this is the end. I'm not going to make it. What is up, guys? It's Linda here. Welcome to today's episode of the School Leverage Roadmap Podcast, where we talk about all things navigating the real world after school, college, or university in a holistic way, be it in academics, careers, and beyond academics. Today's episode is under the academic segment of the podcast, and I am joined by no other than Miriam Losambo. By profession, she is a pharmacist, which is what she is going to talk about with us today in today's episode. She walks us through her life journey and her ambitions in high school. It's cool. I actually collected about two awards as the best pupil in computer science. So I was very much sure that, okay, this is my thing. Applying for university. I had to be going to Ndola to process my passport alone. Just forget about your passport. You paid for ordinary 350, so you can't come here as if it's express. I think I found myself in the mortuary. Interviews. So one thing I learned when doing interviews, up to now, something that I do, to look confident. Even if I don't know the answer of what the interviewer is asking me, I show confidence and I look you straight into the eyes. Preparing to go to a whole other country. You have to be in Russia before you are in Russia. The adaptation process there. The following day, the bus broke down. Oh my God. I don't know. Just like your world is turning around. We talk about pharmacy. So going into pharmacy school where you like, I hate what I'm studying. I don't want to be here. Or you try to have an open mind. Like I'll just see how it goes. Maybe I'll like it. I sat down and started learning Russian like a crazy person. Third week by third week of learning Russian, I was able to construct a synthesis. And from there, it made me have an open mind. I, I started looking at things a bit in a different way. What do you love about pharmacy? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> from first year mm-hmm. up to the final exam, mm-hmm. it's chemistry. Right. Chemistry after chemistry. <laughs> you just change the type of chemistry, but chemistry will be there. Mm-hmm. The pros and cons of studying in Russia specifically and abroad in general for Miriam. This is what stood out for me and this is what I appreciate as now. And we also talk about internship. As you are coming back, make sure you have cash of your own. Regardless of the course that you do, you come back and write the pre-internship exam and you have to pay for them. They are not free. If this sounds like an interesting topic to you, then this episode is for you. But before we get into it, I want to remind you that Miriam's story does not just end in pharmacy. She is also a designer, a pencil artist, a poet, a natural hair enthusiast, and so much more. And those are the things we'll be talking about in the next episode, which is going to be under the Beyond Academic segment.
My last words before we get into this episode is to remind you to take every piece of advice with a pinch of salt. Without further ado, let's get into it. Navigating your way into the real world after school, college or university can be a daunting task. You might know what you want to do but just don't know where to start from or you may not have the facts to help you decide what you really want to do. Inasmuch as I believe that embracing the uncertainties of life is part of the process, I strongly believe that you don't have to dive in blindly or start from scratch because other people have been where you are and you can learn from them. Welcome to the School Leavers Roadmap Podcast, a podcast that brings you insights and personal experiences from different amazing people to hopefully equip you with actionable strategies to make informed decisions and seize opportunities as you figure out your life. Not only that, on this podcast, we debunk myths, review untold truths, and give it to you straight so you don't learn things the hard way because experience is the best teacher. I'm your host, Lyndon Sindano. Let's dive in, shall we? so Miriam thank you so much for coming how are you doing uh, thank you so much for having me I'm I'm very fine I'm doing very fine in the new year and, and how are you doing I'm okay thank you I'm excited for this conversation because I feel like I'm talking to my mother in Russia hearing <laughs> <laughs> now from you yes because like you are the first person who was showing me this is where you buy stuff this is like you were talking me through the hair process even though i decided to cut my hair which is (laughs) unfortunately (laughs) a whole nother story but yeah like it was great having you in stammerable so for those people who might not know you can you tell us who you are and what you're about Okay, my name is Miriam Luxambo mm-hmm. Pando. Okay. So now we have another name added to the already existing name. <laughs> yeah, by the way, congratulations on your wedding. Thank you so much. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm Miriam Lusambo Pando. I'm um, a pharmacist by profession. Mm-hmm. I'm currently working at Zorezi General Hospital. Mm-hmm. And uh, besides being a pharmacist, I also do fashion and designing. Mm-hmm. I also do pencil art. Mm-hmm. I do writing, mm-hmm. poems, fiction, reciting poems. Mm-hmm. I also do DIYs, craft, like recycling, let's say, old bottles. Mm-hmm. And also I'm, I'm, I'm about art, creating things. Apart from uh, my professional job. Mm-hmm. Awesome. In short, you wear many hats. That's the real description. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we can say that. We can say that. I also feel like you can include that you're an advocate for natural hair, natural African hair. <laughs> yeah, I think. Because like you're very passionate about the hair and you teach people how to like take care of it and stuff like that yeah i think i, I can include that i'm a natural hair enthusiast mm-hmm. i actually on my wedding day i styled my natural hair girl i saw the photos i'm like that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm very much passionate about 
uh, natural hair. I mean, I have my own hair, so why can't I be proud of it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a reflection of like you having a good relationship with your hair which should not necessarily be surprising because i think africans were the ones who mostly have an issue with our hair like we don't feel pretty in our hair mm, yeah. which i never used to think about that a long time ago i just used to know like you're supposed to braid your hair like you're supposed to relax it or blow it like that's the norm why is showing that you have some issues with your hair yeah true I, I love my hair very much i think if you ask me what i like most about myself like my my physical appearance i'll tell you my hair definitely to be my hair that's amazing i think you were one of the inspirations for me to start my natural hair journey now like i don't want any blow dryer or relaxer or anything i know that my hair is amazing oh wow i'm, I'm very much happy to hear that i'm humbled yeah because I mean, uh, when I just came to Russia, I had a roommate, she had amazing hair, but her hair is more loose. It's not like 4C hair. Okay. And then I guess yours is probably 4C, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yes, it is. It is 4C. Yeah. So like when I came, I was struggling with my hair. I didn't know what the hair I was going to do with it, but my roommate was enjoying her hair. You were enjoying your hair. So I'm like, that inspired you. At first, it was not necessarily inspiration. It was like, you guys can keep your hair because your hair is nice and it's soft. Mine is bad. Oh, that okay. was what I was going through. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to cut my hair because my relationship was so bad with my hair. But after a year, I used to chop it like every month. And then after that, I decided to keep it from first year of medical school up to now. So throughout the whole situation, I have been thinking about you guys. Like I know my roommate has amazing hair and she loves it. I know Miriam has amazing hair. She loves it. She even had it at her wedding. So like I think about you people when I think about African hair and all the glory which it has. It's really good to hear that. It means the, the natural hair family is growing. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's get into the interview. We'll start with the academic segment. Why don't you take us back to the gap year when you left high school? What were your thoughts on what you were thinking to do after high school? Okay, so um, even even before I completed, the program I wanted to do was um, uh, software engineering. Something to do with computers okay. because I was very good. Mm -hmm. I actually collected about two awards as the best pupil in computer science. Really? So that, that, yeah, but it's going somewhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was very much sure mm -hmm. that, okay, this is my thing. Mm -hmm. Before the results came out, I started, um, you know, we, we were computer students, so we were exposed to, to Google. Yes. When we were in grade 10, we were able to use the internet. We could access Google. Mm -hmm. We knew how to create emails. We had email addresses. Mm -hmm. So I actually contacted one of the universities in America. Uh -huh. Amazon State University and ask them if they can offer me a scholarship mm -hmm. to study computer um, engineering, software engineering. Mm -hmm. And to my surprise, they called me back. For they called my phone. Wow. Yes. They called me back. Well, yes, we, we, we have um, a space. And I felt all kind of nervous, like, wow, this is the thing now. So I yeah. felt like I was getting my dream. Mm -hmm. But then when the results came out mm -hmm. and I had a credit in computer science, like a five 
a very big five. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I had distinctions throughout, mm-hmm. and then I had a five in computer science. Mm-hmm. So from that time, I was very disturbed. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what was next mm-hmm. because I didn't computer-related program was the only thing that was in my mind. Right. And my brother was living with my, my guardian who was so Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a lot of computers at home, so he used he used to let me with his computers. Right. Then when the results came out, he asked me, like, what are you going to do? Yeah. And I said, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was perturbed, like, I felt really bad. Mm-hmm. So um, from there, there's like, okay, I can do medicine. Uh-huh. And then I settled for medicine. Mm-hmm. I actually applied at CBU okay. to in school of medicine and surgery. I was even accepted. Okay. But uh, yeah, I decided to to go to Russia instead. Uh-huh. So when did the whole thing of going to Russia come in? Okay, the the whole issue of coming to Russia, because I think now I can safely say I wanted to study abroad because when I was um, applying to the Amazon University, I knew that that was abroad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the Russian thing, studying in Russia wasn't really something that I had put on my mind for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think I just saw, because after school, my brother now allowed me to use Facebook. Mm-hmm. So I think I saw an advertisement to say uh, Russian scholarships to be available in Daily Mail. Mm-hmm. In the Daily Mail. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I, think, I should think that it was Daily Mail. That was 2014. Mm-hmm. Okay, 2014, yeah. Okay. But I thought that the advertisement would be available as a Daily Mail newspaper so I can check the requirements. Mm-hmm. And we sent the date with my sister that I was living with. Mm-hmm. We bought the newspaper. Mm-hmm. We went through them the requirements and the only thing that I didn't have was a passport. Okay. I had everything mm-hmm. but the, the passport is what I didn't have. And from there, um my brother gave me money to mm-hmm. start processing the, the passport. Is it, it was quite a long process mm-hmm. but in the end done. And then I also had a, a very close friend of mine, mm-hmm. the one who was the, the chief bridesmaid on my wedding. Okay. We were together far back in 2009 in grade 8. Mm-hmm. So we actually agreed to say, okay, let's apply. Let's go for this scholarship and uh, let's see how it goes. So that's how the, the Russian picture came about. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So like, how did it take you long to adjust to the fact that now you were going to study medicine? Did you also apply for medicine when you applied for the Russian scholarship? Oh, okay. So uh, when applying for the Russian scholarship, my brother and I think other people were kind of exposed at that time mm-hmm. uh, told me that medicine is quite competitive. Okay. So what you do, um, apply in pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Then when you go outside, you can change to medicine. Okay. So I applied under pharmacy. I was picked, went for interviews, mm-hmm. uh, did the medicals, mm-hmm. went through the visa process, the yellow card process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then when I went to Russia, it wasn't easy mm-hmm. to change from, from pharmacy to medicine, looking at the fact that these two programs have uh, different durations. Yes. Yeah, but even as I was at uh, Bazaar's committee, Madame Chiro, mm-hmm. they say that, okay, it's it's possible you can change mm-hmm. after uh, part five after the preparatory course. It's a lie. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't possible to change, and so from there, I came to terms with me being a pharmacist. Okay. I think after trying sending emails, mm-hmm. calls, and everything, and everything just proved not to be easy. I just settled for pharmacy, and yeah, that's how I I, I went with pharmacy, and I can't regret. Mm-hmm. I'm very much okay with it now. All right, which is amazing. So going into pharmacy school, were you like, 
I hate what I'm studying. I don't want to be here. Or you try to have an open mind. Like, I'll just see how it goes. Maybe I'll like it. I, I had an open mind. Mm-hmm. I developed, uh, I became an open-minded person from the time I started learning Russian language. Okay. <laughs> I think from there that's a like, okay, I can take anything mm. because learning Russian language, you know it, Linda, it's not it's not a child's play. So after I learned the Russian language, mm-hmm. that was like, okay, I think I can take anything mm-hmm. because it's like opened up my mind. Yeah. I, I started looking at things a bit in a different way because when I was in school, I was not good at languages. Mm-hmm. I can assure you that in grade nine, mm-hmm. I had sixty-seven percent in English. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then grade twelve, that's when my my friend, the one I'm talking about, the one who was a chief president on my wedding, was like, Miriam, whether you like it or not, you're supposed you are going to get a distinction in English. Mm-hmm. So she started pushing me. Started pushing me. She she made sure I read English. I started going through the compositions mm-hmm. throughout my grade ten, eleven, twelve. I never got. You know, the composition used to be out of 20, right? Yes. I never got about 14 out of 20. It was always, I think the highest I got was 14. Mm-hmm. So languages wasn't really my thing. Mm-hmm. When I was applying for the Russian scholarship, I even told my friend, her name is Teresa. I think you hear of her more in this conversation because we have been together in this journey for a long time. Mm-hmm. So she told me to say we are going to do it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to withdraw to say, I'm already good at English. Right. How am I going to learn Russian, a foreign language? How am I going to do that? Mm-hmm. When I got to Russia, mm-hmm. I think I looked back where I was coming from because they told us to say, if you fail, they'll bring you back and you lose the scholarship. And you come back faster. <laughs> yes, and you come back faster than you went, mm-hmm. faster than the, the, the visa prescription. Mm-hmm. So I told myself to say, I looked at where I was coming from. When I was going, my father was sick, like really sick. He was in the hospital. They never told me. He passed away three, barely three weeks, barely a month. Oh, so sorry about after that. After we went to Russia. Thank you. So I looked at the situation to say, if I go back, how am I going to start replying? Because I already forfeited my acceptance letter from CPU. Mm-hmm. How is my life going to be? That's how I sat down and started learning Russian like a crazy person. Right. Then with by that week of learning Russian, I was able to construct the sentences. And from there, mm-hmm. it, it made me have an open mind. Mm-hmm. So even when I was now accepting the fact that I'm going to be a pharmacist, I'm going to study Russian, I went there with an open mind. Yeah, that's amazing. Do you remember the first time I asked you, like, is Russian difficult? You told me, what do you think? <laughs> she was like um how does it sound like i'm like hard she's like but you can do it (laughs) yeah uh, because i believe in if you ask me like okay so how is pharmacy i don't i won't tell you that it's hard Mm -hmm. or it's simple i'll let you feel it if you if you want to start pharmacy i'll just give it to say do your best do what you can do then you you yourself you're going to determine if it's hard or doable yeah yeah i think that's a good approach it was like for me you were not trying to sugarcoat anything you're like just just see for yourself yeah (laughs) yeah so speaking of friends you talked about your friends the one who pushed you to be doing compositions in english and everything actually speaking of english i feel like you should not think like you are not good at english because for the composition part I can confidently tell you that teachers don't want to give you all the marks which you have. Like we literally had teachers who say like, me, I'll never give you above 15. Like I just want. 
So the fact that you were getting even 14, I think you might not necessarily, maybe might have been good in like, I don't know, rewrites or other parts, but maybe your writing is great, which is why you, you write poems and stuff, right? I think one reason I can say that I wasn't good at English, maybe because I wasn't paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have an example biology, maybe a week ago, you'll be reading, you'll be studying, you you want to go through the modules, the pamphlets and all. Yeah. But if you have you feel like it's time to relax because English, that's a language. So maybe I never used to pay attention to it very much. Yeah. And uh, that that could have contributed to me thinking like, okay, I'm not good at English. Yeah. And then also like speaking of languages, I feel like the depth at which you learn a language, if it's a native language for you, is not that deep. But think about when you were learning Russian. You were learning everything and also when the russians ask some grammatical things about english i'm like i'm sorry what <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> that's very much true we take advantage to say ah, the language that we speak we know it right yeah but once you you are you are obliged it's a mandatory for you to learn a certain language you give it all you want to learn all the grammatical rules all the pronunciation mm-hmm. uh the lexis and everything so that's very much true yeah yeah so i also wanted to talk about your friendship how did you guys like develop your friendship to the point where you guys were even pushing each other like you know study like you can do this and stuff like that because for some people we unfortunately don't have friends like that to be able to push us when it's hard okay so um I knew Teresa from grade eight mm-hmm. at saint mary's secondary school okay and we were together in the same class mm-hmm. so, um um, it was, <laughs> I can quite remember how our friendship started. Mm-hmm. So our performance was like, we were just, uh, switching out. She passes number one, I'll pass number two. Okay. If I pass number one, she passes number two. Mm-hmm. And then we were, we're in the same hostel, in the same dorm. Mm-hmm. So I think we, we noticed that we had common interests. Okay. She was a reserved person. I was. Mm-hmm. We both liked reading, studying. So I think that that attracted us, and we became very close. Then we also went to DK together. Okay. We were at some point we lived in the same room mm-hmm. at David Paula. Yeah. So our friendships mentored from Saint Mary's mm-hmm. as we were grade eight. I think we just noticed each other to say we we had something in common. Then mm-hmm. we we clicked, and from there we were encouraging each other. We used to study together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, imagine as far back as grade eight. Right. If you have a taste, we were those kinds of girls who would want to break at night. I don't know if you used to quit in your school. Mm-hmm. Like whenever you study from night up to when the sun is rising, mm-hmm. and so we used to reach together. Mm-hmm. So we reached a point where you want to only see something good happen to your friend. Right. Are you still friends now? She was the, the chief brightness on my wedding. Oh, bro, that's awesome. <laughs> and she did a very good job. Mm-hmm. She's working from Kawe at Kawe General Hospital. Mm-hmm. But she, she, did, she actually didn't have three days to come. Mm-hmm. But she managed to come the day before the wedding. Mm-hmm. And she had to leave very early in the morning the day after the wedding. Friendship goes. That's, that's how you see someone who is intentional about your friendship. Yeah. Someone who would want to see something good happen in your life. Because if she wanted, she could have said, no, I don't have any free days. I can't make it. 
Yes. It was very tight for her, but she mm-hmm. came. She contributed as a bridesmaid. Mm-hmm. The money she contributed, that's those general contributions. She brought me a gift. Mm-hmm. I think I look at her as my sister at this point. Yeah. Were you together in Russia? Yes, she was in Russia. She was in, in Ulyanovsk. She started medicine. Okay, so it's like you've been together literally through like all the, maybe you could say milestones of life. Uh-huh, yeah. You were together from way back in school. You applied together. You came to Russia together. Uh-huh. You went back and then now weddings and everything. Yeah. That was nice. It, it has been a great friendship. You know, we have reached a point where I call her mom, my mom. Mm-hmm. Like she, she's just like a sister to me now. Oh, that's amazing. I love it. So you mentioned that when you were applying for the scholarship, you did not have the passport, right? And then you managed to get it. Did you have any challenges when applying or did you make any mistake which you wouldn't like others to make? Uh, Definitely the challenges were there. I had a lot of challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, I was, I'm, I'm small. I'm literally small. Yeah. And <laughs> imagine how small I was when I just completed school. Yes. So I used to go in these offices alone because my brother was busy with work. My sister was also busy with school. Mm-hmm. We were living in Kitwe by then. Okay. I had to be going to Ndola to process my passport alone. Brown. Yeah, so that that alone was a challenge for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, you know, when you don't know someone... You don't know anyone. I needed to get an express. Mm-hmm. But then I paid for the ordinary. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, I remember very well. I didn't apply with a passport. I just applied with a receipt. You know, they, I don't know if now they do accept that brother is committed to apply with a receipt. You say, okay, you have applied for a passport. Mm-hmm. Do I not get out? Mm-hmm. So I use that receipt. Mm-hmm. The one that the deposit slip for the passport is the one that I used to apply. Mm-hmm. Just to show evidence that I don't have a passport for now, mm-hmm. but I have applied for it. Mm-hmm. So I use that because my passport took long to come out. Yeah. I went there. You know, when you go there, they tell you, uh, just forget about your passport. You paid for ordinary 350, so you can't come here if it's express. Yeah. I go back. Then when doing medicals, I also had a challenge with medicals. I went to UTH. I actually almost got lost in, U- in UTH. I think I parked myself in the in the mortuary, the one that's down. Girl. Because I, I was lost. Because <laughs> I was lost in UTH. And you know, I was very small. Mm-hmm. You look at me and you even feel, feel pity for me. Right. I actually called Madame Jira to say, okay, you know what? I have failed with this medical thing. If there's someone who's ready, just put them there. That's what I did. Wow. Then she said, just go ahead. You still have some more days. Because I was thinking, actually, you know what? This just brought me those bad times that I had. Mm-hmm. Actually, I took my medical results a day after the deadline. Oh. Because I just couldn't get everything done Together. at once. Yeah. Went to Levy, mm-hmm. or to UT. I couldn't manage. Mm-hmm. I found this, this sister, this nurse who just told me, like, so you want to do these medicals for free? Who told you that medicals are for free? Go and look for money. <laughs> I didn't have money. Trail. <laughs> I didn't have money to do the medicals. Right. So now I went to Levy. You know, this interview is going to be long because Bring it on. I wanted to talk about everything that I went through for me to get the visa and everything, the yellow card, and now finally getting the ticket for me to go to Russia. Yeah, what is the so as I was going to Levy, 
Someone said you, you have to go to Levy. They mm-hmm. do medicals there mm-hmm. at uh, maybe just hundred kwacha. Wow. Not that at UTS I told me it or so. So I went with the hundred kwacha. I was on the way to UT, to Levy Monawas and I was coming from Makenya where my sister was living. Mm-hmm. So in the road. In the, I mean on the uh, on the bus. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I was on a call. I was explaining to someone. I'm, I, I want to do medicals from Levy University. The university hospital. By then it was only Levy mm-hmm. hospital, mm-hmm. not teaching. Mm-hmm. So someone on the on the bus like, we are going to do medicals at Levy. I was like, yes. I know someone who works from his lab. Mm-hmm. Maybe he can. This person, I don't even know him. Mm-hmm. He, we were just meeting on the bus for the first time. Mm-hmm. He even gave me the number to call. I remember that guy. I wish I could meet him now. His name was Emmanuel. Okay. So he gave me the number to say Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. He works from lab. He's the lab technician. Just call him when you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when when I reached the hospital, I called him mm-hmm. and he he came out. I told him, I explained to him. Now someone in the bus gave me the number, mm-hmm. and then he was like, um, "This taste was supposed to do them on an empty stomach." And I explained to him to say today is the last day. Mm-hmm. I need to submit it. Mm-hmm. It is already around ten. Mm-hmm. He told me I have to do. Most of these lab tests on an empty stomach mm-hmm. and had already eaten. <laughs> yes. So, so he said, Come back tomorrow. What? I was like, What? I can't come How back. How am I going to come back tomorrow? Today is the last day. That's like, even if we do the this test, you won't have the results today. Yeah. But if you come tomorrow morning, I can help so that the results are done quickly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. I was completely shattered. I think that's when I called the secretary at BC to say, I think I've failed to do this medical thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, she basically just told me, no, just go ahead. Mm-hmm. So, but then we just did the height, mm-hmm. color of the eyes, mm-hmm. uh, the weight, those things that don't require any specimen like blood and urine and all. Yes. So the funeral day, early in the morning, mm-hmm. I went back to the hospital. I called Emmanuel again. Mm-hmm. And then, he was sad, tricky his words. He really helped me mm-hmm. by by ten. I had my results ready. Mm-hmm. I can know those ones for, and also I met a doctor. I was asking me about if I'm asthmatic, if I have any any health complications that don't need me to to go into the court, analogies and everything. Mm-hmm. Everything was done, and then just dumped it. My heart was like, I had to take a deep breath, <laughs> and then you know that okay now. I'm done with this part. Yeah. And now, you know, Lenny is in a long great east road. Mm-hmm. And now I had to go to the Bazaar's committee when they were in long acres that side. Bruh. Now I had to start asking how I was going to move. As small as I was. Right. I had to run around now going back to Bazaar's committee in long acres. I can't even remember how I moved. Oh, I remember that I found myself at the Bazaar's committee's house. Mm-hmm. And the man who was, I was like, even funny, what you had when they look at you when your when your friends are bringing these things, you are very late anyway. Mm-hmm. Put your father there, <laughs> and I was like, "This is the end. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to make it." Because mm-hmm. the say, "Ah, paka apu." Yeah, you don't even know if they are going out. to look at it. Yes, I don't even know if they are going to look at it. Wow. And then the visa processes took long. So I went back home. Mm-hmm. I went back to, to Copperbelt. That's why I was living with my brother. Okay. So the passport, then after some weeks, they called me to the passport is ready. I went back to Zola to collect it. And I received it all to say, I suppose, I'm for rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? Right. Then I saw the hand of God working in all this. Yes. Yeah, and I, I just pray to God to say you are faithful. 
Mm-hmm. Went for orientation, and then they told us to say you were supposed to get the yellow cards. I don't know if you guys were asked to get the yellow cards when you were going. No, no, we were not. It said it's for uh, what again? When passing through South Africa, uh-huh. we were supposed to get this yellow card. We can't yellow Yellow card, I think, is for yellow fever. I think. I mean, I don't. It should be for yellow fever, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it was serious by then. I like minus this card. Mm-hmm. You can't pass through Sata. Mm-hmm. How much does it cost? Three hundred. Then by then, I think my siblings, like my brother who was sponsoring me, was spending most of his money on on my father's treatment because mm-hmm. he was when I was doing all this, he was. Mm-hmm. You know, so after that, mm-hmm. I was shut at Linda. I'm telling him, I was like, okay, now I've gotten my visa, I've gotten my passport, I've mm-hmm. done all this, and now just this. Mm-hmm. So I was leaving. Yeah. Leaving the, the, the bursaries committee offices very shattered. Yeah. So there was traffic. There was traffic. And then this man who was working with my brother, mm-hmm. my late brother at mm-hmm. uh Central office in mm-hmm. Mask. Mm-hmm. He saw me, he was like, You come a girl, you are here, what are you doing here? Right. <laughs> and I explained to you, that is what is happening. Mm-hmm. He then he handed me a three hundred person, like your brother was a good colleague of mine. Mm-hmm. Get this money, go and get your yellow card. Huh? Wow. wow. God was just like, Miriam is going to rush. Exactly. <laughs> just like, she just has to go. You just have to go no matter what. That's all the following day. I go to my yellow card. And that's the what is South Africa. They never even ask for it. Those were the challenges I had. I almost gave up. Mm-hmm. To say, okay, this thing isn't working. Just too many requirements. And financially, my, my sponsor was was not in the right place right. financially so mm-hmm. I was very much encouraged but God came through and he made everything possible yeah yeah and here we are <laughs> yeah I can relate to what you're saying your story is similar to mine but it's also different like the medical thing also I did not know that we were supposed to pay those amounts of money so like I was just being shocked and I'm like wait how much <laughs> how much again and but I was lucky that I lived in Lusaka, so though I did not necessarily have the transport money to be moving from one place to the other, so uh-huh. I was just like walking to all these places. So it's by the time I'm going home, I'll be tired. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> and for the passport, I paid express, but they gave it late to me. They gave me as if I got the ordinary passport. But you guys, did you have interviews? Oh, yes, we did interviews. I think I skipped the interview part. Yes. Before doing the medicals, yeah. Mm-hmm. To go for interviews. Mm-hmm. Just after the application, the next step is interview. Right. Well, I went for interviews. It was hard for me to, when they asked me, why do you want to start pharmacy? Because it's not what you wanted. Pharmacy wasn't my first choice. Yes. Right. When I wanted was medicine, but just trying to hide mm-hmm. into the pharmacy thing so that I could be picked. Mm-hmm. No, but anyway, came up with an answer. Mm-hmm. So one thing I learned when doing interviews, after now, something that I do, mm-hmm. to look confident. Yeah. Even if I don't know the answer of what the interviewer is asking me, mm-hmm. I show confidence and I look you straight into the eye. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're having that strong eye contact, yeah. it boosts your confidence. Yeah. The person you are talking to sees that, okay, this person is courageous and they have confidence in what they are saying. Yes. Yeah. So I came up with an answer to why I wanted to study pharmacy, which it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but I, I, I came up with something. Mm. Yeah, but the interviews were kind of scary because there were a lot of panelists. Yeah. Like this on Ask Series. You're just answering this one, this one, Ask Series. Mm-hmm. But my, my strategy always works out for me. Mm-hmm. Look confident and don't keep quiet when they ask you something. Mm-hmm. Just beat about the bush. Even if you don't know the exact answer to what they're asking you, beat about the bush. Say something. Don't keep quiet. You think as you speak, like. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think even in the exams, I used to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they borrow it then. Yeah, yeah. The letter would be like, Miriam, don't think of it. Yeah. <laughs> I had a test recently, the last test we had before <laughs> the new year. It was, what question did they ask me? Like, I don't know, it was a certain disease. Then they told me, like, how does the skin of the person look like? Mm. I'm like, brown. She's like, no, the person looks lemon like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so just don't keep quiet. Whether you don't know their answer, just say something close to what they're asking you. Yeah. Uh-huh. I also was listening to a podcast. I forgot the name, but they also talk about interviews and jobs and stuff. They say sometimes you might be going to jobs as your plan B, uh-huh. like a job interview. Yes. But when you go there, don't tell them like this job is a plan B for me. Act like you like it. Exactly. I, I always did that in a job where I worked for one day and I stopped. <laughs> And in the interview, I was very much confident. I I, I showed confidence. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I really need this job. Yeah. But it's not always that you need to 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 accept everything that comes your way. Mm-hmm. If something doesn't seem to be working out for you, it's better you let it go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So how about when it was time for you to apply for universities in Russia? How was the process for you by that time? Okay, so by then, it wasn't up to the students to pick the universities. Okay. They were picking for us. Oh. So, as you are getting your flight ticket, mm-hmm. you indicate the city that you are going to... Uh, actually, in the agreement, mm-hmm. even before the certificates, we're given agreements to say, okay, so Miriam, for your language, you are going to Adigea State University in Mako. Mm-hmm. Then later on, by this date, you're supposed to go to Stavropol. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't up to us to choose the university. They did everything for us at the Bazaris Committee. They just tell you, okay, you're going there and you have no option but to go. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you're on a scholarship. It's like you have little or no decisions to make on your own when it comes to picking the universities. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, like, um, after it was clear, like, okay, everything is done. Now we are going. What would you say are some of your tips and tricks for preparation for this process given that someone has their financial capabilities especially from a girl's standpoint like we come here and then things are different you can't read you can't read the products and stuff like that okay so i'll start with um, psychological preparation right before we even go to finances to material things Mm -hmm. you have to prepare yourself psychologically Mm -hmm. you have to be in russia before you are in russia exactly what i mean by that is (laughs) what i mean by that is at least know something about the country Mm -hmm. so what i did myself i started learning about the the population Mm -hmm. the religion Mm -hmm. the language itself are there any other languages that people speak in that area mm-hmm. and knew about the currents. Mm-hmm. I started reading about Putin and how strong it is. <laughs> so that, this is why I'm saying be in Russia before you go to Russia. Yeah. Like that, your mind is going to adjust at least before you reach the Mojodova airport. Mm-hmm. 
you have a few. Yeah. You know what you're going to expect. Yeah. Read about racism. Of course, there is racism. So mm-hmm. be prepared for that. So that's a psychological preparation that I, I can encourage someone to have. Mm-hmm. And then financially, okay, if you like in Shima mm-hmm. and you want to go to Russia, mm-hmm. there's no mailing mail. Yeah. <laughs> so... Unless you get uh, 2.5 kg or maybe 5 kg. Mm-hmm. If you really like fish, get some fish. It's not a crime to go with fish at the airport. Mm-hmm. Someone asked me, are you sure? So you passed with fish mm-hmm. at the airport. Mm-hmm. It's okay to go with fish. You can get some dry, dry uh, veggies. Mm-hmm. Something that you think you can just abruptly stop eating. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are used to eating shima every day and then it just cut off. You stop eating shima, you won't feel good. Yeah. So get some mealy meal, get some fish, get some uh, dry veggies, if it's okra, dry okra. Mm-hmm. Get it so that when you go there, maybe you eat in shima after two days, so gradually you are stopping. Even in medicine, there are some drugs that you are not allowed to just abruptly stop. You have to gradually yeah. stop taking it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so on the food part, I would advise someone to do that. But if you don't mind to completely stop eating the shema fish and our spices, if you are ready to go and just start with the spices, that are and they learn good, mm-hmm. you can go just like that. Okay. Also, the clothes. Yeah. So if someone wants, they can buy some winter shoes mm-hmm. and jackets from here. Mm-hmm. Though I just prefer to buy them that side. Yeah. Because <laughs> Yeah, those ones, you know, they're specifically for, for snow. Yeah. So you can get some to start with from here before they, maybe before they know the shop where to buy from in case there isn't someone to help them around. Yeah. You can prepare some boots, some jackets, mm-hmm. some hats because it gets cold outside, especially if you go after October, November, December, that's very cold. Mm. Yeah. So someone can prepare themselves like that. Mm-hmm. Then for the girls, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes the, the menstrual cycle gets disturbed. Right. Because that, that's a different time zone, mm-hmm. different climate, different foods. So the bodies also um, changes, mm-hmm. especially for us ladies as you're adapting in the new environment. Mm-hmm. So be ready to see a change in the menstrual cycle. It might not be for everyone, yeah. but for some people, they might experience it. Mm-hmm. So we also have to be ready for that. I think that goes to psychological readiness. Yeah, that's amazing. Now let's talk about um, when you guys came. How was the experience for you? Um, how was the adaptation process? <clears throat> Mm. Guys, <laughs> that question that question takes me back to Ebola. Yeah, right. You guys told me about this. Weird. So when we went, that was in October 2014. Mm-hmm. So when we arrived mm-hmm. in the city, I won't talk about the Moscow from Moscow to makeup trip mm-hmm. because it was another hell of a journey. Okay. Let me start from makeup. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, let me start from Moscow. So when I arrived in Moscow, it's like the thing has who were assigned mm-hmm. to pick us up didn't come. Mm-hmm. So we were on our own mm-hmm. to find our way to the station, mm-hmm. which we didn't know. Yeah. To ask where the station is, we didn't know. Yeah. So we were the four of us who are going to my town. Mm-hmm. You know, we, you start scattering now. Yeah. From Moscow, those are going to Petersburg. Mm-hmm. Those are going to Rostov. Mm-hmm. Luckily for our friends who are going to St. Petersburg, Rostov, their tickets, their flight tickets were reaching them there, so they reached there by plane. Okay. But then there were us who are going to 
outskirts of Russia. Uh-huh. <laughs> Maykop, I don't know if you've heard of this town, Maykop. Yes, I have. The original pronunciation, the Russian is Maykop. Yeah. Maykop is just English, yeah. Maykop. Right. So that one, there was no flight ticket. Mm-hmm. And we were even money for the bus whatsoever. We had to use our money. Mm-hmm. They didn't buy for you like a train ticket or something? No, 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 no. Whoa. We had to figure it out ourselves. This one I was telling you that that is another hell of a journey for us. Yes. <laughs> we were the four of us. Mm-hmm. Three guys and myself. Mm-hmm. One lady. Mm-hmm. So we got out of the airport. Now we went to the taxis. You know, those taxis that are outside the Modelo airport. Yes. This guy came to us. We stopped. So we cut it. Oh, you, you don't understand. Like, <laughs> I say. <laughs> yeah. So when I was home, mm-hmm. I was using in a bit of YouTube, mm-hmm. I was trying to translate these general words mm-hmm. that you just need to know in a foreign language. Yes. So I learned about station, mm-hmm. about like bus station. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I told this guy to say, mm-hmm. um, what's a bus station again? Astanovka. Yes. <laughs> you started forgetting. <laughs> ah, started forgetting. Mm-hmm. So I said, we just said to it, Asanovka Michael. Mm-hmm. So this guy understood mm-hmm. that we needed to go to the bus station. We need to go to Michael. Right. He goes to the taxi, a very old taxi. Mm-hmm. And then asked how much he charged us. Mm-hmm. $100 each. What? That's crazy. Because he knew that, okay, we, we didn't know anything. And maybe wow. he looked at us as like, don't know, love. What? How did he even know that you guys have dollars? Uh, those guys are clever. Bruh. They're very clever. I think they've worked in the airport for a long time and they know that talking. Some people don't really come through. So he had like $400. $400. Which yes. is like... By then it was uh, 30 rubles, 100 questions, the range of 80. Yeah, so he went away with 12,000 rubles. That's ridiculous. So... We go to the station. Uh-huh. So from there, I think there was some way could, we could change. Uh-huh. We wanted to pay with dollars at the station, bus station. Uh-huh. This lady was like, dollar yet? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Then she gave us a gesture to say, no, they don't have dollars. So we went to look for a bureau to change place to go and change. Uh-huh. We found one. We didn't. Now we had rubles. Uh-huh. We paid. They were asking us, where are we going? You know, that thing whereby just now start using instincts. Huh? Yeah. Like, okay, I'm sure she's me where i'm going yes and just say my mm-hmm. <laughs> i didn't have a phone mm-hmm. we all didn't have phone okay we had left our phone mm-hmm. even if we did we didn't have russian sim cards yeah so we bought the tickets we were there it should be by 16 mm-hmm. and the bus was startable for around 19 so and it was cold mm-hmm. it was cold already in october it was actually drizzling mm-hmm. it was really cold mm-hmm. and lucky enough i carried something in my hand luggage. Mm-hmm. So we started waiting now from, imagine from 16, you're waiting up to 19. You don't know what people are saying. You, you, it's hard to buy food. No food. And at least I can translate. Wow. We were just like, we're feeling devastated. Mm-hmm. Like, that has skin myself. Like, Am I going to survive in this place? I wanted to cry. So we stayed there. We stayed, stayed, stayed. That's when mm-hmm. we saw the bus. Like I told you when I was home, mm-hmm. I was learning some words like how to write okay so makeup in english is like this in russia now it's going to appear i i had a picture because okay. i was translating some of them mm-hmm. so I, I saw a bus written michael mm-hmm. i was like okay that's our bus and for real we handed them our tickets they okay michael we got it 
you were going about it smart <laughs> although you were probably yeah. like the small one among us everywhere <laughs> yeah because i actually learned how to count from one to ten mm -hmm. before when i was home in zambia mm -hmm. i learned how to say my name is mm -hmm. i learned how to like maybe write my name but i wasn't sure because just like you type miriam or someone a google translator luckily my name all the letters that are in english are also in russian yes. so it was just doing a proper translation so i could write and write my name mm -hmm. blah blah how to say ruble shan shan mm -hmm. yeah so we got on a bus and then my cop from moscow is about 22 hours wow by bus it's a long journey yeah now imagine you're traveling the whole night no phone like how do you travel out right it was weird people are looking at you very weirdly mm -hmm. it's your first time it's our first time you don't know what they're saying mm -hmm. so the whole night traveling so now, the following day, the bus broke down. Oh my God. How worse could the trip be again? <laughs> so I'm like, now we, we can't even understand what they're saying. They probably you. And now we start there. Then they're like, no, it's like, uh, I don't know, but there's like, we are a bit near, mm -hmm. near my cop. Okay. So now, we couldn't call anyone, guys. We didn't have fun. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're tired of sitting, mm -hmm. so I wanted to stand. Mm -hmm. Then I accidentally grabbed the hair of the lady who was in the next seat. Oh, oh. Then I said, oh, <laughs> sorry. This is like, you can speak English? Right. I was like, yes. Where are you going? You know, the, the Russian English. Yes. They're <laughs> so excited to, to speak English. <laughs> yeah, we are going for school, blah, blah, blah. Then in my heart, I was like, I think this is important to use a phone. Right. So I asked her for a phone. Mm -hmm. By then, Wilson Pandey, he is now a, a doctor. Okay. The president for Zambia students in Russia. Mm -hmm. That was Zamrus. What was it called? Yeah, the Zamrus. Yeah, so I, I asked for the phone. I had written his number somewhere. Mm -hmm. So the lady allowed me to use the phone. And I called him. Mm -hmm. I told him to say we are stuck. We have a breakdown. We don't even know where we are. Mm -hmm. So I was like, guys, we actually worried about you. I called the embassy and they said they haven't heard from you. So we were very worried. It's done what to call. Mm -hmm. Whose number are you using? And I asked for, for someone on the bus. Mm -hmm. so like, okay give that bus let's say in the next one hour or two hours it's not okay then we'll send a taxi for you from your university they'll come and pick you up mm -hmm. there was some relief uh, at least maybe one hour one hour 30 minutes the bus was okay mm -hmm. that's like after a lot of hours of waiting yeah so that's how we started off now and from there there was a lady who was waiting for us at the station in my cop mm -hmm. from the international department she's a translator she speaks english i think she was speaking other languages mm -hmm. so we reached there she was waiting for us mm -hmm. at least i was relieved to see there was at least someone who was expecting you yes but now ask me what happened what they said this people who are not supposed to go in the hostel. They need to go and get tested for Ebola. What? They need to get tested for malaria. They are coming from Africa. Wow. So when we reached the hostel, mm -hmm. they couldn't even allow to get the bag in. Wow. Even just the bag. <laughs> so she's like, then the translator just didn't want us you bad because mm -hmm. like okay guys are some tests that you need to do so then i started are you sure this is the host they were supposed to because there was no welcome mm -hmm. so i asked her to say are you sure this is the host they were supposed to come to say yes mm -hmm. this is your hostel but then you just need to do some okay. some checkups at the hospital yeah she took us to some hospital there in the outskirts. Mm -hmm. they started testing us for ebola mm -hmm. for malaria for me, they even took me to a gynecologist. Wow. We did tests. So now I said, okay, they're fine. You can go in the hostel. Mm -hmm. You know, you were tired. You haven't bathed. Yes. <laughs> you haven't bathed for about two days. Yes. So we went to the hostel. That's why there was no Zambian. Oh. And there were very few Africans. 
Netherlands. In the host, I think the only black person who was there was um, a girl from Nigeria. Mm -hmm. I was put in the different room. We were quarantined. Mm -hmm. So the guys, the three of them, they were in one room and I was in a separate room as, as a girl because they couldn't allow us to mix mm -hmm. with other people. They had to make sure we, we were Ebola free because mm -hmm. by then that's when West Africa was hit with Ebola. Yeah. So they're thinking everyone who's of Africa is a suspect. I think that's the way you would feel if someone comes from China. Yes. <laughs> but in principle, 2020, yes. some problems, someone would think they have uh, COVID-19. Yes. Yeah. So even for us, they, they suspected. So mm -hmm. I stayed in this room alone. Mm -hmm. So before I met the Nigerian girl, mm -hmm. the black person who was in that hostel, mm -hmm. I met this lady from Sudan okay. by the name of Af. Mm -hmm. She welcomed me. She was good at least. Her English wasn't that good, but we were communicating. Mm -hmm. At least there's there a black person. Then we also met some guys from Ghana and Nigeria. Mm -hmm. Though they were in the different hostel, because it was a different university. There were two universities that were near. Mm -hmm. So we stayed there. Linda, I'm telling you, early in the morning, we have to go for temperature reading. We have wow. to check our throat. 14 days, we had to do that. No class. Because we were already late, mm -hmm. but then they were not allowing us to go to class. They wanted to make sure we were fine for us to combine with other students. Yeah. So it was only room in the morning. You go for temperature checkup, afternoon and evening. TDS. Sometimes they would come to our rooms. Mm -hmm. they, maybe they don't allow us to go out. They come to our rooms. Sometimes you'll be walking in the corridor and someone just meets you. Like they just swerve their way to say, you are from Africa. There's a border that side. It was a hell of an experience for me. Yeah. And I started hating it. You know where you are in a place where but to start with, you can't understand the language. You are trying to adjust the temperature was hot, cold, and mm -hmm. And then you are getting treatment. Yeah. I felt... I felt really, really bad. And so the lady from Sudan, Afaf, helped me to get a phone. I got a SIM card. I registered my SIM card. At least I was able to communicate with my family. Mm -hmm. Because imagine all these days I left Zambia. I was not in communication with them. So they were worried. Yes. What has happened? But at least after a day or so, mm -hmm. Afaf helped me to get a phone. Mm -hmm. Quickly I downloaded WhatsApp and I was able to communicate with them. At least it was a relief for them. They knew that I'm fine. Yes. And I never told them about the quarantine thing and everything that I went through. Yeah. Because they would have been worried. Yeah. And I just said them, oh, I'm fine. And you start going to school, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. So it was it was really hard. Yeah. So after they found out that okay, we are okay now, mm -hmm. going into three weeks. That's when now they allowed us to start going to class. Wow. And barely maybe five days into class, I received a call said your dad has passed away. Wow. So just as I was trying to, to at least get better with the treatment that we got, mm -hmm. and then my, my father passed away. It was sad. I felt really, really sad. I wanted to go back. Mm -hmm. But then uh, my siblings were like, no, you just went. Mm -hmm. You are still adapting. I also called the BC office. They said, there are no funds at the moment, so we can't get you a flight ticket. Yeah. But I stayed crying, yeah. trying to adapt with the language. This language that looks so complicated. And then I have to process my father's death. Mm -hmm. It was really hard. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the 
point, I wanted to give up. I just wanted to stop everything and just go back home. Yeah. And then my mind was like, if I go back home, then what? So I had to adopt the reality of losing my father mm-hmm. and the difficult language that I felt I couldn't learn. Mm-hmm. But yo, Linda, I could stay in the room reading like I'm reading biology. Something. I, was, right. I subscribed to different YouTube channels where they teach Russian. We know those people speak English and they teach Russian. Yes. I was learning day in, day out. I was learning and our lecture was really good. Mm-hmm. That woman up to now, I appreciate her. I read this love of her. She was good. Mm-hmm. She, she really knows how to handle foreign students. Mm-hmm. Huh. Second week, third week, I picked up. Mm-hmm. I was like, constructed sentence. No, yeah, it's involved from Shijeti, Minyazavo, no, you, you could say those basic uh, phrases. Yes. I was reading. I used to read like a mad person. Yeah. And it got better. Mm-hmm. I was able to read. I was able, I started doing well. Mm-hmm. And that really gave me motivation to say, okay, so I can do this. I can actually speak a foreign language. I can write. I could communicate. Yes. It started getting better. Yeah. When we wrote the exam, I got the best results that I could. How was that feeling for you? <laughs> it was a, a relief. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, so when you visit, now I have to face another demon now, the pharmacy <laughs> demon now. <laughs> wow. Uh, no, it's it's really um, hard to, you know, you're going in a place mm-hmm. wherever you don't even know what. The writing, in, when you go to the magazine, mm-hmm. now you are activating my Russian thing. When you go to the store. My magazine. <laughs> People will think it's a magazine, magazine. <laughs> I know, right? When you go to the store, you don't know what to expect, but maybe at least when you have a phone, you depend on Google Translate to say, how is salt written? Okay, salt, sahar, malako, what, what, what. Yes. It's hard, but then it becomes funny after that phase because you start remembering yes. it. So, so I used to go to the magazine with a phone mm-hmm. for me to translate what's water, how water is written right. <laughs> in Russian. Huh? And so uh, it's quite challenging. Mm-hmm. The culture changes. They tell you, no, you don't refuse when they give you chai in the Russian home, mm. you need to eat bread and almost all the meals right. that you are eating. Uh, the bread. <laughs> <laughs> no, you address the lecturers me you address them the first name and the patronymic, you know, those mm-hmm. things that you have to get used to. And you're used to Mr. and Mrs. <laughs> yeah, we are used to sir, madam, Mr. Mrs. But that's why they tell you, no, you go somewhere like uh, Anna Ivanovna, that's respect. Yeah, so it's... Uh, it's a whole, I don't know, just like your world is turning around. It's so different. Yeah, you're in a place where there's a different time zone. Mm-hmm. You, feel, you actually feel like the sun is, is rising from the opposite, huh? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but with time, it gets better. Yeah. And then with, with dedication, you have to be dedicated. You have to know why you are there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You were a strong girl, like going through everything. It was hard. It was traumatizing. I think that's the overall way that I can use. Mm-hmm. It was traumatic. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, so now let's talk about after you finish your preparatory course how was the process of you moving from Michael going to Stavropol and your experience uh, studying pharmacy okay so 
our moving from my code to Stavropol was easier because now we, we could speak the language. We could take ourselves to the Vagdal. Yes. Yeah, I remember the word. <laughs> we, could take, uh, we could take ourselves to the Vagdal without the help of anyone. Mm-hmm. They just gave us our certificates of completion mm-hmm. and the documents now to say, okay, now our stay is done even in the hostels and everything. Mm-hmm. And we easily, summer, that was in, in June. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we moved to Stavropol in June mm-hmm. and found our two Zambian colleagues, uh, both males, as studying geology. Yeah. Uh-huh. They were waiting for us at the station. Mm-hmm. He came together, became like family. At least we, we now found some Your people. brothers. Yeah. yeah. So they were also staying in the temple. So, mm-hmm. And then Stavropol were taken in an excellent hostel. You saw it. Yes. Did you have a chance to go inside there? No, unfortunately. <laughs> I used to stand outside. <laughs> that hostel was perfect. It was really nice. Right. Where I was, mm-hmm. the section I was just two people in the room mm-hmm. and another room but were four guys. Mm-hmm. So it's like one section you have the kitchen, mm-hmm. toilet and bathroom. You don't have to like the whole the whole, the floor. whole floor you're using one toilet. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really nice. There was primers, it was in, it was modern. Mm-hmm. It was nice. I think that's when I felt like, okay, I think now I'm in Europe. Yes, <laughs> it's giving. <laughs> yeah, it, it was giving. It was um, on the pencil side, but it was worth it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was really comfortable. Mm-hmm. So when we got to Stavropol, mm-hmm. that was now in 2015. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I think this is now, maybe I'll answer this. the next question. That's when I started drawing. Yeah, that's when I discovered one talent. But anyway, I'll leave that for the question to Okay, we'll get into it. <laughs> yeah, so when we got there, it was summer holidays. Mm-hmm. There wasn't much to do. Mm-hmm. It was just moving around, just wearing Stavropol. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think somewhere in July or August, maybe August, mm-hmm. the end of July, mm-hmm. uh, that's Sudanese lady I told you about, my friend said, oh, let's yes. go to the sea, uh-huh. the Red Sea. Uh-huh. Yeah, and uh, I went there. We had some meeting then. I think our budget was lower mm-hmm. than what we found there. So we didn't stay for long. Mm-hmm. I think we only stayed there for about 45 days that we Came back to the hostel again. It was still summer holidays. There was nothing to do. And so summer, if you hostel. don't have something to do, is long. Yes, it looks long. And again, I was I was getting to my new roommate from Angola. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like we are starting again another readaptation process. Yes, I don't know where Russia is. Every region has a way of how they speak Russian. Yes, some regions speak faster. Mm-hmm. They have different slangs. So again, you have to learn that to learn the Caucasian because now we moved from Adigem, Michael uh-huh. to Kafkaz, Caucasian. Yes, the Caucasus Mountains, something like that. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So now we have to get used to how the, the Caucasian. Yeah, Kafkaz is the Russian one. <laughs> well, now we, we had to get used to how the Caucasians speak their slang and their speed. So it's like you are entering in another adaptation process. But this is not something completely new. Mm-hmm. It's not as difficult as it was in my cup. Yeah. Yeah. So September schools opened. Now we went to pharmacy. Mm-hmm. We had the uh, courses. We had a lot of 
courses in first year, first semester, and none of them. Mm-hmm. And then we are both kidding. Wow. And we were still learning the Russian language as a foreign language. Mm-hmm. Then there was another type of Russian language whereby even Russian themselves should be communication skills. I think if I can translate it in English. Mm-hmm. So I think we have about three different types of Russian. Yes. Two types was for both even Russian students and then another type of Russian was for foreign students. Mm-hmm. So now um, it got really hard because the Russian that you learn at preparatory course mm-hmm. is just this general thing, right? Yes. Just to get you to the foreign country. Mm-hmm. Then you get to the scientific terms now. It's a whole new world. You get to, yes. It, it becomes now, I think it becomes more complicated yeah. because you have to know, you're talking about hydrolysis in English. Mm-hmm. You have to know what hydrolysis is in, in Russian mm-hmm. and you have to be able to define what hydrolysis Mm-hmm. in Russian mm-hmm. so it, it became more complicated because man you know how science is already complicated yes. in English and now you have the job of trying to understand what the language is saying and now understand the scientific concept behind that yeah it was hard it was hard yeah but you you have to do what you have to know what you want yeah we went through it it was i can't lie on this one i can't sugarcoat anything it was hard to adapt in first year yeah. you know you were in the lecture room mm-hmm. you see you know russians are they're written written you look at your book you don't know what to write <laughs> and some letters just tell you oh that's not my problem i'm not the one who told you to come to a foreign country right some are just like bland yeah but then some will give you someone give you the notes mm-hmm. on the flash yeah. say okay you can go and read it mm-hmm. yeah so it was it, uh, I can say it was survival of the fittest that one yeah. because you can easily easily give up it was it's hard you have a reason for it. it's like it's understandable <laughs> at that point it is understandable but not acceptable <laughs> nice I love that <laughs> I think the thing which sucks about this whole process is that for me personally i felt like you need to throw away all the knowledge which you had in school temporarily because it's like in school you know carbon dioxide plus water is equal to i don't know sunlight over coffee oxygen plus that like you know all these things but now they might even ask you something which you knew in school like you even I don't think you necessarily throw away the science you learn in school. Everything is connected. Even now, like we learned anatomy, for example, in first year, in second year, we have topographic anatomy. If you don't know the first anatomy, you don't know the second one. Uh-huh. Yeah. So even like what we learn in school, in the beginning, we use it in university. But for us, foreigners learning in foreign languages, we cannot because we don't have the vocabulary to explain that yet. Exactly. Exactly. You need to build the vocabulary first, the scientific vocabulary for you to explain the concept that you want to explain. Sometimes they even ask a question, you know that I know the answer when you start understanding because I feel like for most people the understanding and writing comes in first before you can start to speak for yourself. So it's like I know the answer but how do you say it in Russian? Uh-huh. And some teachers won't allow you to be having like a phone to translate. It's like no phones whatsoever. It's hard. It's hard. I think at that point that's when someone will just feel like okay i think i just can't do this mm-hmm. but something needs to be done you need to learn yeah mm-hmm. also having like less options a lot of people have talked about this on the podcast it's like it's hard yes at the moment but you always look back it's like the way we have it in Zambia. when you come to russia for the most part you can't go back to cbu or unza on bazaar yes 
because that has already passed plus you look at all the hardships which you went through to apply for this so it's like you need to make it worth something i guess you need the hardship to mean something exactly um, you'd look at where you're coming from uh, for me i would look at okay i've passed through all that so why would i give up now yeah why would i stop now so that also becomes mm -hmm. a motivational factor that pushes you to work hard in school yeah so that you just get yourself there yeah you tell yourself that okay i know this isn't easy but i can do this yeah i almost see it almost like building a track record when you're going through these hardships because as much as it is a new phase of your life and you're sort of starting a clean slate of like a new experience it's very easy to feel that especially if you're away from home like far away from home where you won't even go back home until you're done you feel like you're starting everything new but i feel like all the hard experiences you go through throughout your life you can be able to look back and say but i know this one is hard but i made it that time maybe i should try a bit harder even this time because you know it's like i always find a way to do hard things so even you now, for example, if you face a challenge in the future, I feel like you can still use your experience in Russia. Like, bruh, my experience in Russia was hard, but I did it. So maybe I can also go through this one. So you batch all these challenges together and then they make this big snowball of like intrinsic motivation, which is just specific for you. No one can tap into that because it's your own experience. Exactly. I think even my family by now, they know that I can always be on my own mm -hmm. because if I survive that in Russia, then what, what else can I survive? Right. There was an opening in Solwezi to say they need interns. Mm -hmm. I'll be paying them a monthly allowance as an accommodation. Mm -hmm. I say that, okay, I think I, I can jump on this one. Yeah. So, I, but why? So never got to be alone as like, man, I've been more alone. <laughs> I was on the other side of the equator. <laughs> like... Exactly. So how can I do this? Like, even when I got married, my sister was like, I, I think it won't be hard for you to adapt to the new place and the new way of living because most of the times you've been on your own. Mm -hmm. So I think they didn't even worry about that. She said, no, but I'm used to surviving on my own. Mm -hmm. and to go through some unusual circumstances. Oh yeah, true. That one is used as a surviving factor, if I can put it that way. Yeah. Because you you have through something more hard. So at this point, I feel like I can survive in a Yeah, as malleable as a wire. It's like, you want to make me a box? Come on. <laughs> you want to try and come on. I'll get into a shop that will, will make me pass through whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Which is amazing. So Yeah. For me, I always try to tap into that kind of um, personal motivation, which is like, I try to push myself to do hard things because I know that I will need this as a source of motivation maybe someday in my life. It's good if you train yourself like that. Yeah, because like if you give up on it, that thing which you gave up on, it will remain on the list of things which you can't do, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. True. What you pull through is like now the list of the things which you feel like you can do is even bigger. Basically, you're expanding your comfort zone. So it's like Wait a minute. your friends are worried about Solwezi. You are just like, for Solwezi, <laughs> you know what I mean? No. The it's within Zambia, so what's the deal? Yeah. So now tell us about um, studying pharmacy itself in general. Like, 
you have to explain like you explained to a grade five so that if someone has an aspiration to study pharmacy, they should try to understand what it's about before even going into pharmacy. Okay, so study pharmacy, what someone should know before they go into pharmacy is that they'll always be talking about medicine, drugs, and chemistry science never end. Mm-hmm. You start with chemistry, you chemistry mm-hmm. but you just check the, the types of chemistry that you talk about you talk about organic chemistry there's analytical chemistry there's pharmaceutical chemistry now pharmaceutical chemistry is like the backbone mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like the backbone of pharmacy is pharmacology mm-hmm. so when you say pharmacy mm-hmm. to everyone the first thing that comes to mind is drugs yes so you'll be talking about how to use different drugs when to use different drugs who to give this type of drug mm-hmm. at what time do i give this drug why am i giving this drug <laughs> so it's just a why what to whom with what am i giving this drug mm-hmm. so Anything that surrounds drug is found in pharmacy. Mm-hmm. How to store drugs mm-hmm. is also part of pharmacy. Mm-hmm. How to economize drugs. Mm-hmm. So um, as a pharmacist, you have to know how to prioritize. Let's say you have, I'll use a very smaller number. You told me that I work in it. Mm-hmm. Explain to a grade five. Yes. You have 10 tablets mm-hmm. of uh, paracetamol, panadol. Yes. And then you have two patients, mm-hmm. two people that need that panadol. Mm-hmm. You have to know which one are you going to give this panadol to which which person needs more of this you have to uh rationale mm-hmm. you have to know how to rationale mm-hmm. you have to know how to balance mm-hmm. how to economize so there's there's a lot that is involved the major thing that you look at is drugs but then these drugs we like law based pharmacy law mm-hmm. that you have to know mm-hmm. there are regulations that you have to know mm-hmm. for you as a pharmacist to handle drugs to buy drugs if you're running a retail pharmacy mm-hmm. you have to know how you are going to start that pharmacy how you're going to operate mm-hmm. how you're going to be ordering how you're going to be storing Mm-hmm. drugs it's all about drugs and then and there's manufacturing mm-hmm. as a pharmacist you have to know how to manufacture drugs yeah so um the good thing that we we have this leading pharmaceutical company in in Kafiwe, yes mm-hmm. at least now they are able to produce some drugs that we've been using in the hospital so as a pharmacist you have to know mm-hmm. how to manufacture these drugs what processes are involved you have to know the ingredients mm-hmm. that are used in, in each drug that you see on the pharmacy shelf you have to know you you have to know the we call it strength mm-hmm. is it 25 milligrams is it 50 is it 100 milligrams yes. so sometimes when you see a prescription and there's a wrong strength mm-hmm. as a pharmacist it's now our job to correct that. Yes. You have to know the correct dose to give to which person. You have to know the drugs that are not supposed to be given in children, mm-hmm. the drugs that are not given to pregnant women, mm-hmm. to old people. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's a whole lot. That's why we take five years to study because it involves a lot of things. Yeah. And chemistry, if one person does like chemistry, science then i think pharmacy would be very difficult for that person Mm -hmm. from first year Mm -hmm. up to the final exam Mm -hmm. it's chemistry chemistry after chemistry (laughs) it just changed the type of chemistry but chemistry will be there Mm -hmm. all the time you have these pharmaceutical calculations Mm -hmm. but then it becomes part of you you start enjoying it Uh if you give it your passion your dedication Mm -hmm. it becomes understandable at night it's difficult but then if you give it your all it'll be easy mm-hmm. and you'll go through but just don't forget that chemistry will always be there biology not that much mm-hmm. there is biology but we drop it somewhere in 38 mm-hmm. but then you go 
with chemistry throughout. Maybe even you end up in one semester, yeah? you have three mm-hmm. types of chemistry. Wow. Right. <laughs> I remember the same we had um, pharmaceutical chemistry, uh-huh. then you have analytical chemistry, mm-hmm. then you have organic chemistry. Jeez. In one semester, you have to handle all these. Wow. If someone wishes to start pharmacy, you have to be ready to deal with all this, but overall, when it's done, it's good. And then as you continue practicing as well, mm-hmm. read it end yeah in the medical fraternity where we are we're always learning i was about to say that. Always <laughs> the market uh-huh. with the coming of it there are a lot of even some drugs that we thought were not these codes and whatever yes. we learned about yeah so when you get into the pharmaceutical world just in the medical world mm-hmm. you are always a student yeah you can graduate i graduated with a class in Washington, but reading has to continue yeah you always have to be updated you have to have the the current information that's so true that will equip you to work mm-hmm. that's so true i can relate to most of the things you have said like we started learning pharmacology so that subject is just like a beast <laughs> <laughs> it was my favorite subject for us, I think it's just a course yeah. in medical school. It's not like the whole thing. Okay. I guess you guys go in much detail than us, I guess. Um, yeah. We went in class and then she's like, Ribiata. Ribiata is like guys in Russian. So she's saying, um, you need to know 150. She said the minimum amount of medicine you're supposed to learn for the exam. You're supposed to know like the international name. Yeah. You should know it in Russian and in Latin. In Latin. And then, yeah, you need to know, like, the active substance in that medicine. Uh-huh. Uh, because, like, if it's a powder, it's not the whole powder, which is medicine, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, which is acting. Yeah. Because, like, the powder is just, like, the form. I mean, you know this. Exactly. So... For the prescription, you need to write like, okay, this is the name, this is the form. The active ingredient. Yes. And then how many milliliters or milligrams. So can you imagine, like, you need to know the milliliters or milligrams for all the 150, right? Uh-huh. And then the mechanism of action, I guess. And then the... The side effect, the contraindication. Yes. So it's like, bruh. And the third year is like the crazy year for medical school in Russia. So I just want to get through this period because ah, pharmacology is crazy, but it's very, very, very interesting. It's interesting. Uh, the physiology, which we learned in second year is coming in now. So it's like... If you don't understand physiology, you won't understand about the stuff related to... The thing with this medical thing is that mm-hmm. you have to combine the understanding. Eh? Yes. Because even in the mechanism of action of the drug, you need to understand pathology first. Yes. Then you understand um, the physiological part of it. Mm-hmm. Then you understand the chemical part of it. Yes. So it's like if you don't get one part, then... Mm-hmm. The way I see it is like, let's say the drug is going to act on the liver this is the liver you vision it in your head the liver has got these types of cells these are the biochemical reactions which take place in the Uh liver so when you say so when i take this medicine when it goes to the liver it's going to act on these cells and these cells these are going to fall in a certain so that's anatomic physiology comes in your biochemistry comes in biochemistry comes in so it it's a whole lot of combination of courses and you have to understand all of them for you to make sense of one thing yes so it's like bro 
it's so so interesting like i love it but i also hate it <laughs> it is hard to learn it for you to get through it yes yes but it's so interesting it's like you need to know the normal and the pathology um yeah yeah so you say pharmacy is five years in is it only in russia yes. or what about in zambia in zambia it's five years mm-hmm. yeah okay so you we are likely to have somebody who is done with studying in yeah the second guest i think we have on the podcast who is already like working some of them who are interviewed are students so you being a person who you studied in russia for this whole time you go through patrick the preparatory faculty you go through pharmacy school and you actually graduated with a distinction plus you were doing a lot of things here which we'll talk about in the beyond academic segment just from the academic standpoint what would you say the pros and cons of studying in russia slash abroad for you okay i'll start with the pros Mm -hmm. you get exposure Mm -hmm. you definitely get exposure you meet different people who come from different cultures Mm -hmm. different backgrounds Mm -hmm. and you you blend in understand how other people live yeah yeah and then get to learn another language yeah add it on your cv yes (laughs) yeah it's yeah. It's a plus on your TV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in Russia, as I was studying in Russia, I don't know if this would be the case for another person, but for me, and I took it that way, mm-hmm. it gives you time to diversify. Yeah. Develop yourself. Yeah. It's not always that you have to be in class, 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 doing stuff. As a student, actually, you you are encouraged to join other clubs. Yeah. There's a sports club, there's a poetry club, mm-hmm. there are maybe writing uh, club, different, different clubs, so that you're not only about academics, but you're also about extracurricular activities. Right. And I think that helped me to grow. Besides being a pharmacy student, mm-hmm. I had to learn how to develop myself besides academics. Mm-hmm. That's when I joined the, the poetry book. Mm-hmm. That's when I discovered that I could write. Mm-hmm. That's when I discovered that I could actually recite poems. And mm-hmm. She was doing it in Russian, guys. It's not in English. So, back in school, I used to recite some poems. But then when I go to high school, I stopped. And I was all about academics and all. Yeah. But then when I went to Russia, that's when these other doors opened to say, okay, I can also be a poet. Yeah. I can be a pharmacist. That I can be a poet, I can be a writer. Mm-hmm. This is what stood out for me, and this is what I appreciate us now mm-hmm. because I'm not trying to sound rude, but if I was at Wazza or if I was at CBU, mm-hmm. I don't I would have learned all these other things that I learned. Mm-hmm. Maybe I would have, but for me, um, being in Russia is what helped me. Yeah. Because they were giving us time to discover another part of you mm-hmm. apart from books. That's just a thing in Russia. Like, people are always doing something, right? Yeah, so this is what stood out for me and still stands out for me. Mm-hmm. Because now I run a business because mm-hmm. I was taught to survive that side. Yeah, away from home. And we had this lecturer who was telling us, to say, she was teaching us a course methodology. Though it was a very short course, mm-hmm. but she always told us to say, go and make money. But in case she was telling us the pharmacy doesn't work for you to make money, find other means to make money mm-hmm. and give us time to go and do other things. So, for me, that's the plus. They helped me to discover myself, they helped me to diversify my abilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
How about Russian language? I don't want to say this for you. Let me just make it a question. You used to teach Russian as a foreign, I mean, English as a foreign language, right? Because it's not like you planned to learn Russian, but you learned it. And then on the flip side, I don't know, how do you see it? Did it end up being an advantage for you? Definitely 100%, 200%, 1000% true. Mm-hmm. Because... um. You know, the funny thing is, as I was learning Russian, I was learning English as well. I don't know if you understand what I mean. I definitely understand. (laughs) (laughs) Like we said in the beginning, we don't usually pay attention to English grammar. Like We don't go in details because, yeah, we feel like we know English. We speak English. So it's like part of our native language, if I can say so. Yeah. But then we don't know the facets of the language. Yeah. So as you are learning Russian, you are also forced now to understand those little, little grammatical rules in English. Yes. That now helped me to teach English to the Russian-speaking people. Mm -hmm. I was actually teaching at a certain school so established schools. Mm-hmm. I was teaching there and that helped me now to have some income. Yeah. It helped me to have some income by the side. If the busy doesn't come in on time, mm-hmm. I had something to depend on. Yeah. By third year, I told my sponsors, my siblings to say, okay, perfect. at this time, you only send me money when I ask. Yeah. But for now, I'll be supplying for myself. You know, this basic needs. Yeah. Because my brother already had done so much for me. Yeah. So when I was there and I had an opportunity to make some money on my own, I had to give him a breathing space. Yeah. By then, my sister also started working. But then I gave them a breathing space to say, okay, I'm able to make some cash for myself. So you only said me, at least when I asked, because for them, they made it like a routine. Like when they have something they sent to me because they know that BC is not always at his best. Yeah. That it will be available. But I chose them that only give me when I ask. Because mm-hmm. by then, I was able to make something for myself. Yeah. So that's a very big advantage mm-hmm. for one to study in, in Russia because you get the chance to teach English and make some extra cash for yourself. Yeah. About um the BC and everything, I remember when I came, I was asking you like, so what do you feel about the BC? Do you feel like it's enough? And then you told me like, I don't depend on BC. I make my own money. I'm like, okay, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> and then the good part is another advantage in Russia is that you get paid as a student. Yeah. You get the uh, Stipendia, stipend in English. Yes. You are entitled to, but well, then when we were there, it was 1,600 rubles. Mm-hmm. Now it's in the month. 2000s for people. But I would say ah. it is probably having the same value as the 1,000 because prices are high now. Oh, because uh, I see, I get what you mean. So by then it was 1,600, which was like roughly $30 by then when we were there. Yeah. So roughly $30 per month. Mm-hmm. as a student just by being a student for scholarship yeah and then if you do well in academics they increase for you yeah then if you do well in academics plus extracurricular activities again they increase for you i enjoyed that privilege for most of my stay yeah that's it because mm-hmm. I, I would balance academics then i would also balance extracurricular activities mm-hmm. the stipend was coming to somewhere 10,600 rubles mm, which is amazing month. you know what that system yeah. is good because um, I'll just give a small short story. In high school, you could participate in like, I don't know, quiz and fair in jets or something. In as much as you participate, it's like, yeah, you might use it on your CV in the future, or you might get to study these subjects a little bit deeper and you experience all these experiences outside school, but it would affect your academics in the sense that mm. 
your friends will continue to learn and then there's no like increase or gift whatsoever like if you just go that same so it will demotivating yeah but in russia because of that it makes you feel like i know that participating in all these things is going to be hard but it's worth it mm-hmm. not that we should be materialistic but like bruh, if you can get extra money <laughs> We need extra money for survival, so it's just a necessity to have it. Yeah, so that's really, really good because it's like it's a win-win situation. You learn, and then they uh, pay you for you to learn. So they pay you for learning. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so I, I enjoyed that. I think the very few semesters when I was only getting one thousand six hundred, mm-hmm. and my friend would laugh at me if they don't make it to those who are getting provision and stipendium, mm-hmm. like. Increase Stephen. They knew that okay, we're invited for this. <laughs> I remember when like my close friend lived and mm-hmm. another guy from South Africa they actually jokingly laughed at me just saying, So you've seen you are now getting a K one six <laughs> <laughs> and that's like a reduction from ten to one. Yes, it was uh, like a demotion, huh? Yes, but... it's like you are the medical superintendent and then they just leave you as a general waker. Right. It's like how do you yeah. even reform your budget? Yeah, but I used to make sure curricular activities, academic mm-hmm. all these goes giving me extra time. So that's that's a motivation for students, huh? You know that okay, I'm a student, you are not paying tuition fee. Maybe you're only paying hostel fee and depending on transport and oh and then the university is paying you. It was motivating because be like, okay, I need to pass, I need to get um good grades so that at least I maintain getting this yeah. money that they are giving. Yeah. That was a very good motivational factor. Yeah. Then they're talking about the core. One thing that is true that we can't run away from is racism. Yeah. There is racism in one way or another. Yeah. Is there something that comes with difference in color? Yes. It's not really everyone who's a race. Mm-hmm. Some people are genuinely good. There was a family where I was teaching this uh, kid. I think you saw me when I put on my status. That girl actually wrote about me at school. Yes. Those were really genuinely good people. And then there are those who are racist. Yep. It happens with school, maybe they're grouping you in, in something you have to do with. Some lecturers wouldn't want you to be with the Russians themselves. They would separate you. They'll put you black people only. Yeah. If someone might pass a silly comment, maybe about your hair or about your color and skin. Yeah. On the bus, maybe someone wouldn't want to sit next to you. Yeah. I think that the major disadvantage that I experienced to myself. Mm-hmm. But then I was always active in poetry. So we used to travel a lot. Okay. So I would blend it. Mm-hmm. I play, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then the other disadvantage is just uh, psychologically it's not good yeah. to be far away from home, it's from so your family. Yeah. You feel so alone and you feel devastated. Mm-hmm. At some point, you don't even want to talk to other people because you just don't feel okay. You are away from your family. Yeah. yeah so sometimes the thought comes, like, why am I here? You know, um, I was enjoying my life that side. Mm-hmm. And then it was just pop up because, why am I here? I'm so far from my family. Am I even going to be back? Okay. Right. You know, <laughs> right. that's For me, I really don't have a lot of disadvantages studying in Russia mm-hmm. because I had a good time there yeah. as a student. Yeah. And if I could rewind, if I could push back the hands of time, mm-hmm. sorry, Mr. Pan. But, <laughs> sorry to my hands, but we think I'm going to go back there. <laughs> you cannot imagine like another five years again. <laughs> yeah, and I want to say it was a good experience for me. I collected good memories. 
Mm-hmm. So speaking of good experiences, can you mention like three or two highlights for you? Like these big moments for you? Okay, the first young big moment mm-hmm. is when I won an award, mm-hmm. third prize, like record prize for Southern part of Russia oh. in poetry for, for a student. Mm-hmm. And then we came out in this mother's day. Wow. I think I have kept those screenshots. I need to go back to my archives. Okay, that was amazing. Like, it was, you know, the first time mm-hmm. this woman approached us, we were going to throw a session at them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 yeah, but the person said, well, they didn't need foreign students to go and decide quiet. Mm-hmm. And this woman just got interested in me. She was like, Miriam, mm-hmm. really the Russian yes, of my the day. IR, like, is deep. <laughs> yeah, the IR has to be. That's the kind of Miriam Timojic. She, oh, she took me through respecting training the intonations the pronunciation yeah. and then we, we went to another town mm-hmm. at southern part of russia yeah linda i'm telling you mm-hmm. this one i don't know all the suffering mm-hmm. like everything it makes sense <laughs> <laughs> that's when it just came out and i did my best wow. so there's a friend from malawi who was that nickel we actually just met there uh-huh. but then you know when black people meet it's like a community. Yeah, Malawi is an extension of Chipata. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, I am not going to be there. She also recited a poem. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, the people who really don't have jealous, eh? you're in the same yes. category, but she's telling you that you are going to win something. Yeah. I was like, and my name was called in the third prize. And I Girl. went up there. You know, that was a moment. Yeah, that was amazing. We have to include us in the schoolmates later. Mm-hmm. Well. And everything mm-hmm. that was the biggest highlight that I remember. Anyway, mm-hmm. I got a lot of awards anyway, but anyway, that was uh, the beginning. Yeah. So I count it as the biggest, yeah, because it's the one that opened doors for me to start reciting more, for me to learn how to face the crowd, not to feel shy when you face the crowd, because it was like the opening. Yeah, debut it was the opening thing for me. Yeah, so I consider it as the biggest um highlight. Okay, that was beautiful. Okay, what would you have done differently academic wise? Maybe I could have studied more. We all <laughs> think that. <laughs> Maybe I could have studied more so that I don't stress the night before the exam. Yeah, your sympathetic nervous system <laughs> is activated. Yeah. Like... yeah. Hmm. Okay, so looking at time, can you quickly like explain to us um, the process of being a pharmacist intern, right? We just kind of like fast forward okay. it. You did your studies here. You were done. You guys went home. Speak about the readaptation again <laughs> to your own country. And in my own yes, country. and how the process looks like for you from being a graduate to being an intern. Like, what are the steps you take? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll start with readaptation. It's hard. You you know you come back to your own country, but again you feel like you need to adapt to your own food. You have to adapt to eating ishema every day. Right. You have to adapt to power going. Oh my gosh. Water mm-hmm. things not working the way they're supposed to work. Yeah. The tops are dry. The darkness, mosquito, the mosquito. So all those things you need to readapt. Now you have to get back to the reality that okay, now I'm in my country where in some areas water doesn't run twenty four seven. Yeah, there is no power twenty four seven. 
I have to eat in Shima almost every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then when I came, um, I came back to my sister's place. You know, whereby they give you a room uh-huh. to make it a room. Yes. Like you need to stay, the wardrobe, this and that. Because uh-huh. you are coming back, you have to be at least financially sound somehow just to help you settle down. Mm-hmm. Or if you're in a situation where you have to fend for yourself. Yeah. If you have your parents, that can go back to where everything is in the house well and good, mm-hmm. but you just need some cash for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then when it comes to school, the exams that you write oh. as a medical even you, when you come back, there's an exam waiting for you. Oh, yeah, me, I know that, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was only us. I didn't think it was everyone. It's everyone who studied abroad if you're in the medical field. Okay. So then, of the course that you do, mm-hmm. you come back and write the pre internship exam, and you have to pay for them. They are not free. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, in short, we did. We need good money for this coming back process. As you are coming back, mm-hmm. make sure you have cash of your own. You know, it would be embarrassing when you come back and then you're asking your guardians or your parents or whoever yeah. sponsors you, whoever helps you financially. You, right. you are coming from abroad and then you start asking money. No, no, no. Right. It's not supposed to work like that. Yeah. You need to at least have something by your side. Mm-hmm. Especially as we're in the medical field. Right. You pay for exams, you go to Zakwa. Mm-hmm. Then there are qualifications authority to go and have your results validated. That's money. Uh-huh. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Wait, that same process, can you try to explain it like the way you explained the process of applying for the scholarship? Now just turn it around to this exam process, like how does it go? Because honestly, there's no information out there. Okay, so when you come here, mm-hmm. you take your your degree, your translated uh-huh. version of your degree, you take it to Zambia Qualifications Authority. Okay. That said, we were paying 1200 I don't know how much it is now. I'm sure oh, they sorry, have increased. What? <laughs> 1200 That was Girl. 2020. I'm sure they have increased by now. Bruh. So what they do is that they look at the courses that you took. Mm-hmm. They look at the degrees. Is it authentic? Mm-hmm. Does it allow you to practice in Zambia as a doctor or as a pharmacist? I'll talk about the medical field because it's one I know better. I can't speak about yes, engineering yes, yes. or economy. Yeah, so I'll stick to the medical thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's what I went through, so I have first hand information. Yeah. Yeah, so they have to evaluate if the courses that you took that side, mm-hmm. your degree is authentic, as it I was saying, do you qualify to practice in Zambia as a pharmacist, as a doctor, as um Okay, so maybe a can- in that sense, what is the meaning of qualify? Is it qualify your marks, qualify the school, is it accredited? Like what is the meaning of qualification in this sense? Your school, is it where you are at a journey school? Because they, they send emails okay. to their school. Oh, to confirm, like, was this student? Yes. Whoa. It was, you know, this time, it's easy to forge this document. Yes. So they'll phone my university to say, was Miriam there? Yes. These results, did she really get them? Do you have them in the system? They do all right. Oh, my God. That's just... Yes. <laughs> awesome now, when my guys. That, <laughs> you you can't you you really can't lie these things. Yeah, they but in the future can be caught. They'll catch you, but you can be caught in in future because mm-hmm. they really call the university. They send each other emails, mm-hmm. and then the the validation thing. Mm-hmm. They have to say okay, these results are valid, mm-hmm. and then for them to grade, they'll look at okay, 
this person took biology, they took chemistry, pharmacology, blah, blah, all this. Okay, anyway, so this person can practice as a pharmacist in Zambia. Yes. And then they'll grade it according to the Zambian system. Okay. So ours was um, Master of Science in Pharmacy. Oh, so you you have like master's degrees or something? Yeah, but if you're okay, they require you to do master's again. <laughs> so when they give you your, your ZAPA certificate, mm-hmm. they're going to say, okay, this is, the, this ZAPA still identified ours as master's level nine and not level seven. Mm-hmm. Okay, in Zambia is considered as level seven. Mm-hmm. Considered is at level nine, the demo we feel bad, validate and use results at level and Miriam and Trent, this, 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 genuinely, mm-hmm. they put it down. Mm-hmm. So that process in the medical field, you certainly need it. Okay. Don't skip that one. Mm-hmm. They will still send you back. There are some, especially when you are applying somewhere, maybe in the private sector, mm-hmm. that's ZAKWA certificate who has to be there. So mm-hmm. as a foreign trained student, you move with a bunch of documents. Yes, <laughs> we're at this point, we're even used to it because even here is the same. Like it's when you go here, passport, you go with PF, you go with yeah. So it's been the same thing and now here to be for the rest of your life. Because everywhere you go, it's a bad. If they ask for your <laughs> professional qualifications, you know how the translation looks? It will be big. Then yeah. there will be the HPCZ certificate that they will give. Not a certificate, a recommendation to say, okay, Linda has passed this exam and is ready to do internship. Mm-hmm. You also have to be moving with that one. So you have a bunch of documents to move with. Mm-hmm. So you have mentioned like three institutions, right? Is it ZAKWA, if I'm not mistaken? Yes, Zambia Qualifications Authority. Then there's HPCZ and then there's so, another place again. HPCZ hours now. The, for the medics. If you do nursing, mm-hmm. if you do clinical medicine, mm-hmm. anything that works in the hospital. Now, health prevention response of Zambia is hours now. Mm-hmm. So before you train as an intern, they give you an income. The HPCZ people. The HPCZ people now. Mm-hmm. To see if you, you are really ready to practice in Zambia. Yeah. Only after passing that one, that's when you go now into internship. If you don't pass, you repeat. If you fail three times, then you, you are required to repeat in fifth year at Tunza. Bruh. So you as a doctor, mm-hmm. you repeat in sixth year. Mm-hmm. As a pharmacist, you repeat in fifth year. Mm-hmm. If you fail three times. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So getting those results, mm-hmm. that's when you go and practice as an intern. Minus that, you can't. Uh-huh. So going to practice, what is the system for us? It's like, is it the government distributing people like Miriam, you're going here, Linda, you're going to this place? Or first of all, first you need to make a decision. Am I going to government or am I going to, is it private practice or you go to private practice after internship? Like, Okay, so I will talk about doctors and pharmacists again. Mm-hmm. It's only after government to validate you that when you're going to private. Okay, that's when you have a choice. Yes. How is the application to government after the exam? Isn't there supposed to be like a some sort of application, right? Okay. For us pharmacists, we have pharmaceutical society of Zambia. I think that's the other institution you me talk about. Yes. So this one looks at our affairs as pharmacists and pharmacy technologists. Uh-huh. Um, so the executive for us, the way they did it, they were finding places for us. Mm-hmm. So they collect all your names. Mm-hmm. You submit your documents, your NRC, any valid documents that you are supposed to submit to them. Mm-hmm. Then they will be finding hospitals for us. 
Okay. They'll be like, okay, we had a group. They say, oh, Sarazan Hospital needs four in 10 pharmacies. Who wants to do mm-hmm. So, they'll say, you are going to Sarazan. No. Mm-hmm. They say, Sarazan has these places. Who wants to go? Mm-hmm. That's when now you say, okay, I'm interested. And they give you a letter, an introductory letter now to take to Sarazan Hospital. That's mm-hmm. the way they helped us. Okay. That was nice. Um, About doctors, I think doctors told for mm-hmm. internship. I need to find out from my friend. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure, but I think they were choosing what to do in where to go because by then they were not saying us anything. Okay. So if you want, you can't even start. It wasn't a mandatory for me to start. Mm-hmm. I've got friends who haven't even actually done internship because they didn't want to do it for free. Okay. Yeah. But are you paying like any kind of tuition fees? You're not, right? No, no, no. We are not. Because when we were at um, Solesden Hospital before, mm-hmm. we were employed in the famous new hotel of the first. The hospital was giving us a monthly allowance okay. and accommodation. Yes. So we don't pay them, but they were paying for the services that we were offering. Okay. Some hospitals were not paying interns anything, mm-hmm. but for Solos General Hospital, they were giving us 1,600 okay. months yeah. accommodation. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so it was helping. Mm-hmm. The process is actually a lot also. Now, can you tell us about like the roles of an intern? What like the day-to-day life looks like for an intern pharmacist in your case in the hospital okay as an intern pharmacist i'll talk about a doctor's work as i've got friends who are doctors okay you are required to work as a doctor you are required to work as a pharmacist mm-hmm. the only difference is that you require some supervision yeah so in pharmacy we have different departments we have main dispensary mm-hmm. we have bulk store where we keep drugs Mm-hmm. There's high cost, there's name of pharmacy, there's ART, ART that's for ARVs. Uh-huh. So they'll say, okay, for two months, Miriam, you're going to work in the dispensary. Okay. Then the other three months, you'll get ART. These two months, provision though, mm-hmm. people are listening, but it's less provision, it just work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I've heard that there's some form of evaluation which goes on, but the video I was watching was not for Zambia though. Like, do doctors evaluate you as interns? Like, the the doctors who are like... Seniors. Yes. So, like I said, you work under supervision. Mm-hmm. Definitely, they do. Mm-hmm. They do that. So, for doctors, actually, doctors don't write post-internship exam. Okay. Because they get evaluated as they are working. Okay. So, your senior doctor, your senior resident mm-hmm. medical doctor, mm-hmm. CRMO, mm-hmm. or consultant mm-hmm. these people will be evaluating the way we work and they'll be giving you points okay. they say okay linda is good at interpreting symptoms for let me use myself miriam was good at uh, understanding the prescription she's able to do substitutions where uh, let's say we don't have this drug she's able to do this mm-hmm. she's able to handle patients in a professional way mm-hmm. how does she relate with other colleagues mm-hmm. um how is that dress code mm-hmm. the punctuality actually for us we have we call it a logbook where they key in all those things that you now take to psz that mm-hmm. they recommend you now to write the first internship exam for pharmacists for you to get a full education you need to write another exam mm-hmm. but for you doctors you don't write they just uh recommend you how you are working in any department thank you for calling me doctor but <laughs> not yet <laughs> No, you were you in your way to becoming a doctor, so <laughs> you are yeah. a pretty doctor. Yeah, so well, what can you encourage people about like the best practices of getting along with like co-workers? You know, sometimes you are a pharmacist, right? Or you're 
a doctor yeah. you can go in saying there are people who are below you but mm -hmm. as much as they are below you they've probably been working there for like 20 years and maybe during the evaluation process like their opinion maybe you don't know if they ask opinions or they don't but if they do their opinion matters because they are like seasoned nurses if you will so like what are some of the best practices to get along with your co-workers and to get good evaluation results if that's what they call them okay so one thing i can say is that whether they ask them or not you just need to get along with them yeah janitors cleaners get along with them yeah these general workers get along with them mm -hmm. at some point you need them they will need you you need them yeah so it's not you don't only need to get along with them because you want to get a good recommendation at the end of the day yeah it's part of the ethics mm -hmm. to yeah. respect each person regardless of their social status yeah in their society yes so yeah there, there's a cleaner mm -hmm. who knows how something works yeah in the hospital that like you as a young practitioner you didn't know you'll be even asked you to find out from them yes you might need to find out from them yeah. we have these uh doctors who are coming through intern doctors mm -hmm. they'll come to pharmacy to ask how do i write this one Yes. So there's really no need of feeling like you know it all mm -hmm. or you can't associate with people because you will need these people. Yeah. Especially as a new practitioner. Mm -hmm. There's a there's a lot, a lot to learn. Yeah. Because as, as a doctor, you might go and ask your nurse how to insert a cannula. And yeah. you won't go with anything. Yeah. Because you want to learn. Yeah. As a young pharmacist, as a new pharmacist who is going into the system, mm -hmm. I can go and ask your nurse mm -hmm. something. And yeah. I like doing that too. And in this case, I'll go to Reno unit. Mm -hmm. I'll go like, I want to know how you connect anything. Yeah. And they tell me, if you come as no five, that's when you start this process. I'll go as no five and know how they do that. I'll yeah. go to emergency department mm -hmm. and just know how they handle patients when they, they say patient that come, mm -hmm. uh, maybe having difficulties in breathing. Mm -hmm. It's not my job prescription to do that. But I would want to learn and for me to learn that I need to ask a nurse. Yes. So it's less important that you get along with different people, different professions in the hospital because you need them yeah. at some point. That's so true. Of your practice. Especially if when you are getting into the system, mm -hmm. create these networks. Yeah. If you are a doctor, know a pharmacist, mm -hmm. know a nurse, know a lab technician. So like that, if you have a challenge, you can easily go and find out from them. Yeah. It's not embarrassing to say, ah, no, me, I'm a pharmacist. Why should we go yeah. to, to a nurse? And that's why should I? We are working collectively. Yeah. So you have to learn from one another. Yeah. 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 The networking thing, I think we overthink it as yes, you have to go to conferences and meet people. Yeah, it's true. But I feel like it starts from within. That's if I work You just have to be nice. Here. If that's the our Say hi. To mm -hmm. people, do your work. You don't necessarily have to be a friend to someone. Mm -hmm. You just need to have a good relation with them. Yeah. So good morning in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, Ask each other how you are feeling. Then if a need comes to ask about your professional practice, it will be easier for you to go to that person. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember we have, let me explain first, first. We had a class called hygiene. No, no, no. It was like safety something, something. I don't know how to translate it properly in English. I think I remember that course. 
BGD, you know it, right? BGD, Bezopasness, whatever. She's in the Atlas, yes. So, like, on BGD, we had this lady, like, she liked me. Like, I mean, not because, you know, because there are some teachers who like you just because you're African, per se. Mm -hmm. But she liked me for both reasons, because I was African and also because I was just a good student. Mm -hmm. BGD is one of those subjects which is just, like, pass or fail. They don't put yeah, marks don't for put you, pass, so, yeah. you know, for those subjects, you try to get the bare minimum but i did not go with that mindset i was just treating it like all the other important subjects so i used to go there and she used to like me like she was teaching both foreign students and even russian because in my university there's like a separate faculty for foreign students really? so we don't learn together with the russian yeah we don't learn together with russians but we learn with other people from like belarus and these mm. other Arabic countries which used to be part of russia oh, i see yeah, every country, parts of USSR and stuff like that. I don't know the reason, but that's a whole other story. Yeah, so like she liked me very much. So she would say to the Russians, like, if an African can do this, you can also do this. Like, you don't have a reason to fail, uh -huh. basically. So now the husband of this woman, he's a surgeon in a certain hospital, the sixth hospital in my city. Uh -huh. And we had hospital practice there. So like we went and then like we are students, we don't know what to do. Like we're supposed to be registered. They are telling us like your school did not send us names. So like the first day we didn't do anything. It was just confusing for us. Uh -huh. But then this woman told the husband about me. So now when we are actually working in the department, sometimes, you know, there are these people who like they don't want to give stuff to students to learn i don't know maybe it's being scared that we can make mistakes or things like that mm -hmm. but the man was like have you seen this girl her name is linda she's a good girl you yeah. should treat her so me i was just like surprised like <laughs> how do you even know that you know the woman who used to teach you basically i'm like yes she's you told she told me about you so like I did not have to introduce myself in the surgical department. Uh -huh. When I said hi to people, like, hi, what's your name? My name is Linda. I was like, oh, we know you. <laughs> so they say, go to create a good name for yourself. Yeah, it's like, we know you, we know you. So like, sometimes it's the bare minimum which you have to do. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do much. The last question on the academic segment is, what do you love about pharmacy? Everything. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay, I love the idea of nothing. <laughs> I love the idea of explaining how different medicines work to people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like the idea of being the custodian of drugs and other medical supplies. Mm -hmm. In pharmacy that's how we keep all the drugs, all the gloves, the things they use at Renault. Mm -hmm. We have COVID now, all the the gears they use, it's pharmacy that keeps them. Yeah. But it just gives you that pride to say, Oh, so I'm the one who's supposed to be in charge of it. There's at some point I was left alone in box stores. So in box this is where we keep all the drugs before we give them to other departments. Mm -hmm. I was left alone. My supervisor left went to, So I, I would stand in pharmacy and look at all the desks. So I'm in charge of all these. <laughs> <laughs> so you see, it gave me that sense of responsibility. Alright, so that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in because in this time, you might as well have been watching Netflix, YouTube, or just doing other things on the internet on other platforms. But you decided to stay with us all the way through to the end and that is very much appreciated. Now, if you feel like this was a worthwhile listen for you, how about you subscribe and share the podcast in form of a link or a screenshot to people who you think it might be worth their while and for other podcast related content 
be sure to follow the podcast page on instagram facebook and tiktok at the school of Ashokma podcast and also to drop your comments on the youtube channel now currently there's only audio also on the youtube channel but you can still leave your comments on there and youtube is actually a good platform to listen if you don't feel like downloading a whole separate app for podcasts now as we leave the episode i want to remind you that we do this because i believe that experience is the best teacher and this platform is meant for you to learn from other people's experiences and not to learn things the hard way as you navigate your life into the real world in academics careers and beyond academics. Peace.